0: Their speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock, taking conversation all the way to 11. <gasps> Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11.
1: To 11.
0: This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Brant Menswar. People try to turn us down. 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 Turn it down. Just because we like loud sounds. Just turn it down. The
2: things we do look awful c- c- cool. You're weird. Just because we like to stay in school. What? Nerd. Nerd. Oh, I'm no nerd. Please don't y'all fade away. God. Don't try to dig what we both say. Oh my gosh. We're not trying to cause a big sensation. am
0: gone, take me away. Talking
2: about woke generation. Oh my God, you did not just say woke. Hey, we were trying to be oh. cool. That's what the kids are saying now. It's not my generation, man. It's Lord, woke I'll, I'll apologize, generation. <laughs> i don't know what's going on we are we're so woke can't this pandemic go away isn't one pandemic enough to deal with have i started a pandemic uh, oh my gosh I, i'm I, just talking about my woke generation oh my gosh. <laughs> does Say it sound it. better when Stop. i keep Stop. saying it? No? Say it
0: gosh there's not enough ibuprofen <laughs> welcome everybody your least favorite podcast <laughs> We've just dropped in the ratings We just lost all six listeners in France It's thoughts that rock Or thoughts that are mediocre tonight Or today, I don't know uh, With that intro We hope that Simon's going to save us today <laughs> Look, we're going to try to squeeze it into half an hour He's going to give you some life-changing <laughs> advice To balance off that woke start By Wait till the second verse Night the Rider. End is going to be be. warned that we're not doing (laughs) it. I am banning it never again.
2: I say let's record that professionally. Jim, talk about our sponsors, will you? I'd love to. If we had one, thank you. (laughs) I would absolutely. Today's show is brought to you by KT's Tooth Jewelry. Yes, that actually is true. That's it. So there you go. There's our sponsor for today. At least this month, KT is donating her time. That's right. (laughs) So... (laughs) At the very least, we could prop That's up right. our business.
0: You want a you teeth that sparkle? You want a grill that is exciting? Uh, I'm sorry? Exciting? <laughs> you want, I don't know, maybe you've got a little, you want a little diamond, you want a little heart, maybe a little, want a little donkey kick. <laughs> I don't know. Could be whatever you want. A little on your canine. A little donkey kick on your canine. That's the subtitle of her
2: tutuary, donkey kick on your canine. Right now, there's three people that know exactly what you're talking about. And we're all right here. Well, they must be the ones that are woke. (laughs) What? Callback number one. (laughs) Callback number one. In spite of
0: how awful this introduction has been, we would love for you to support Cannonball Kids Cancer and their fight against pediatric cancer. Uh, They really help provide options for kids who've been told there are no more options. You can find out more about them
2: at cannonballkidscancer.org gee those guys are woke hey listen we know how busy you are life is coming at you at a hundred miles an hour we get it you're super busy yeah still even even when you do it slow like that people are still busy (laughs) and i bet you nobody is just listening to a podcast sitting in a room by themselves they're doing something else at the same time nobody wants to know about that Jim. (laughs) no well that's that's how that happens someone's woke doesn't matter to us. Right now, you could be, let's say, mm-hmm. getting your nails done. Oh, that looks pretty. Maybe you're jogging the Jersey Shore. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're trying to take a sad song and make it better.
1: Take a sad song
2: and make it better. Doesn't really matter to us. We just want to be the 30 minutes that you've been looking forward to all week. boom, boom. Let's do it. Do it. Our guest today is Simon T. Bailey, who I have known for a couple of years. He is a breakthrough strategist, a keynote speaker, an innovator, and an author. We are so thrilled that you are here, Simon. Welcome to Thoughts at Rock.
1: Thank you for having me. Good to be with you.
2: Yeah, us too. We're we're uh, we're thrilled that you're able to spend a little bit of time with us and. You know, it's almost too hard to, to sort of go through your entire resume. We're going to have Simon's full bio in the show notes, but we did want to point out just a couple of highlights. First off, he's got about 30 years, a little bit more than that in the hospitality world. That's his experience. Um, including serving as sales director for Disney Institute, which is uh, based at Walt Disney World Resort. We're all here in Central Florida. He's helped out many organizations generate real results. And, you know, you can see some of those real case studies, obviously, in his bio. He's got three online courses on LinkedIn Learning, which is a lot of people know that by lynda.com. And those have been viewed in over 100 countries. Brant, get this, he's the author of 10 bucks 10 bucks just to make us feel a little inadequate yes (laughs) including the the big ones that i know release your brilliance and releasing leadership brilliance and of course shift your brilliance he's just one of the best motivational speakers i know i've seen him several times impact audiences he's got this awesome positive disposition and probably the most infectious laugh that i know so (laughs) we're just so thrilled that you're here man and uh thanks a lot for spending a little time
1: yeah thank you
2: He's also one of the best dressed men
0: in the industry. If you've ever seen him live, you know you do not look as good as
2: he does, no matter (laughs) what you think. (laughs) (laughs) Straight up. Yeah. He's got the look. He's got the look. He's going to look the part.
1: You guys are making me turn red. Imagine that. (laughs) It's the truth
2: between the look and the laugh. Well, Simon, you know we do things a little bit differently here. We're not going to do the full you know, background interview um, that you probably hear on a lot of radio stations and podcasts. We like to get right Mm -hmm. to the point of sharing great pieces of advice. So we're going to leave the floor open to you, my friend. What is your thought that rocks?
1: Thoughts that rock Number number one. Love and respect have no color. Love it. So you want the back story? Uh, we do. That's, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. what comes next.
0: Yes, hit us with it. We want it.
1: So a few years ago, I was at the San Diego Zoo with my family, and uh, our daughter, Madison, was standing looking at one of the animals, and we said Madison, and the young lady next to her turned around, and our Madison turned around. And, and we didn't realize that the young lady she was standing next to her name was Madison as well. So ended up her parents came over and we just started a casual conversation and the couple's name was Boomer and Bonnie and they were from Wyoming. And we ended up spending the rest of the day walking around the San Diego Zoo with these complete strangers because our two daughters were inseparable. They would not stop talking and visiting and everything. And, and so we ended up getting on on the bus back to the parking lot and we're talking and Boomer and Bonnie said, listen, you guys should come out and visit us in Wyoming. And so uh, we got their information, uh, kept in contact with them. And, and what I realized so many times when you're of a different ethnicity, you prejudge and you don't think that there's a connection or a friendship or anything that can come out of that. And and one of the biggest lessons That I realized in that moment is that love and respect, love, appreciation, value for another human being and respect have no color. Everybody wants the same thing. Mm
0: -hmm. That's amazing, especially, well, it must be amazing to see that sort of in your daughter, right. To be able to sort of look and see that all of a sudden she has this instant connection, um, based simply on, on the name that you chose for her. Uh, and to see someone who looks completely different than her, um, they have that, that bond that unites them, um, with a complete and total stranger and to then sort of lean into that and, and take that for the rest of the day and let them to continue to spend some time together. What a, what a great message for your daughter to, to give her the freedom to be able to sort of get to know this girl a little bit more and experience, you know, what the rest of the day unfolded like.
1: Exactly. And it was a huge learning for us, huge learning.
2: You know, and I've, uh, obviously I've seen you several times. do you ever share that story? Is that something that you talk about that advice, that concept or that story? Do you
1: ever do that from the stage in front of audiences live? You you know what? I haven't. And it's interesting you say that because I really think it's time to bring that story forward.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that's maybe where you had it in the, in the first place. It's, you know, we talk a lot of times on the show about the the golden rule, which a lot of people know, where you treat others the way that you would want to be treated. But really, the better rule, right, is the platinum rule, which is mm-hmm. you want to treat others the way that they want to be treated. And you mm-hmm. know, if you take your concept of love and respect have no color, and more people adopted that mindset, or at least heard stories or case studies like this that are real world, not made up. I think mm-hmm. they would probably be more focused on the platinum mindset than, than the one that they've probably been told as they were brought up. Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: for sure. Totally agree. Yeah.
0: Sa- Simon, I'm, I guess I'm like, it, obviously we are in the, in this critical moment, I think in history that we've seen sort of uh, the entire civil rights movement come to this critical crossroads where we can make some serious progress or Mm -hmm. we can continue to fumble and bumble our way through for you know another uh, however many decades uh, we want to pick love and respect have no color is such an incredible uh, message how do we convey that message to the crowd that that uh, you know there's many people right now say that if you say something like I'm colorblind. I don't see color. It, it's actually mm-hmm. offensive um, to mm-hmm. them. How do we mm-hmm. marry the the idea and thought with the crowd that might look at that and go, "You're actually not seeing me for who I am"?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we have to start with hearing everyone. Uh, everyone comes at an issue uh, like this with George Floyd's, you know, death. They come at it with a different angle. So we have to hear. Then we have to heal after we hear, even though we may not agree. So yeah. that means we have to have uncomfortable conversations, uh, conversations that are difficult, that are not going to be easy. But then we have to say, what's the way forward, and how do we help grow from this experience? Uh, so just talking uh, and having talking points As they would say in the South, that dog's not going to hunt anymore. Now we need actionable policy changes. Uh, Black and brown people want to have a hand up, not just a hand out. Uh, Black and brown people want to know that they can get a seat at the table. And it's going to take our our white brothers and sisters who are open to, to meeting us on the bridge of opportunity to say, how do we become better from this moment in time?
2: I love that. I love it. it. It you know it reminded me, and we've we've talked about this before on the show too. I think that you know I had some education on listening when I was doing some training stuff in the late '90s, and part of that was in how you deal with people that have a different perception, or maybe even deal with conflict in general. And you know, I hope that these aren't fake transition phrases, but I do remember if it was done in an authentic manner, you could say things like. If I understand what you're saying and you sort of repeat back what that person said, but before you even start to make your point, you just make sure I'm on the same page as you, or if there really is a, a butting of heads, if you use language, like that is so good that you see things differently. Again, if you're being sarcastic, if you're being, you know, smart ass, you're going to get punched in the mouth. Right. But mm-hmm. I think if you do it with some real authenticity, then. I think you can get past this. You, you can get from them this, this mindset that you really do celebrate the fact that I'm different and I see things differently than you. And, and it might be because of my background or my upbringing or whatever, but I, I just title, color, sex orientation, none of that stuff matters. If you authentically really do love and respect other people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. My,
2: exactly.
0: my question, Simon would be, I love this idea of sort of, he, uh, you know, you hear first, you heal second, and then we try to find a way forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most people skip over the heal part <laughs> of what you just said. Um, what does that mean to you? What does giving giving somebody a chance to heal on, on both sides, maybe what? how would you encourage people to heal?
1: So healing is understand that if I'm in dialogue with you, I listen to understand instead of listening to respond, uh, and, and, and listening is healing. And if I'm listening to you, I relinquish selective hearing. In other words, I'm not making up my mind where I think that conversation is going to go, but I'm allowing you to process by becoming a mirror reflecting back to you. Here's what I, I'm hearing you say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that correct? And and so scientists would say, if you were to measure our heartbeat in that type of dialogue, the conversation would be like a tennis match, serve, volley, serve, volley. So it's in the healing where I am suspending all judgment, and I'm saying that I don't know what I don't know, but I'm open to receiving and hearing you in this moment for the healing for both of us.
0: I, I love that. You've pointed out that listening is part of healing, right? And it's actually that first step, I think, um, moving forward. And if we're so, and I, I, think, reading what we sort of see right now on social media, I think everybody is is nervous to say the wrong thing, to express themselves the wrong way, to to not be able to speak what they think because it might be misinterpreted. And and I feel like starting with listening. Uh, understanding that it is the first sort of step here in healing moving forward really allows you to sort of get a chance to think about what you're going to say before you just join in on any sort of emotional um, hurricane that might be passing through your you know your Facebook wall or your Instagram wall or I I think right now it's dangerous to just knee-jerk response to things when you don't have the whole picture how would you encourage people to do that? How do you get them to stop long enough to listen?
1: Yeah. Well, I think the first thing, everyone's got to start at the dinner table with their family and their friends. Mm. Uh, we got to start there and say, we need to have enough to comfortable conversation about what's happening in the world. So we start there. Then we move into our neighborhood, our community. This sustainable transformation that needs to happen is going to happen from the ground up. Uh, so... As we move into our community, then we move into our corporations, our companies, our businesses, however we do what we do, and we start the dialogue to say, I want to listen and learn. So in other words, each one reach one. We can we can begin to extend the olive branch and say, you know what? If everyone in my circle looks like me, is my circle too small? Mm-hmm. Could my circle be expanded? Could I grow by expanding it? That's that's where it happens. But each individual has to hold themselves accountable to say, what can I do? I
2: love that. And, and obviously, a lot of this stuff started, I mean, when I was listening to some of the language, when you're talking about listening, may have come from the time that you were at Disney Institute, but certainly having written about a lot of the things that you do now from a leadership standpoint and being in front of a lot of audiences, has this Hearing, helping, you know, healing, not in those orders, hearing, healing, helping. Is that something that you came up with or is it sort of an epiphany now that you're starting to see because of our current situation?
1: Yeah, I got a call from a CEO of an association uh, about six weeks ago asking what should she do? And I just said in a stream of consciousness uh, after listening to her for twenty minutes as to what was happening in real time, I said, you know what? You have you've gotta you've gotta invite all of those who are looking to you for leadership. You have to understand how you have to hear, you have to heal, and you have to help. And I had never said those things before. But after working in, in almost forty nine countries and all these different organizations and just Starting to step back and look at even my own personal journey when I've had failure, I said, oh my goodness, that's it. It's where I failed, I wasn't hearing, and where leaders often fail, they're not hearing, they think they already know, but they don't know. So I said, you got to start there. Then the healing is in the listening and the deeper dialogue then you can move to help. So many yeah. times, certainly as, as a male, I want to jump to, let's just solve it, fix it now, because <laughs> that's, what we, that's what guys do. We fix stuff, right? But no, I think I, I just said that to her, and she's ran with it. Now she's getting feedback from all of those who look to her. Her fellow CEOs are saying, I'm going to adopt that same thing. We've got to hear, We've got to heal. We have to help.
2: Love it. Yeah, I that probably it. fits in perfectly with, with the thought that we were going to bring to the party too. I mean, hopefully this corresponds well with uh, with love and respect have no color. Brandt, uh, what's our thought? Well, our thought this week comes from Martin Luther King Jr.
0: and uh, this is one of comes from one of his most famous speeches, and it's just a piece of it. But it's, he said,
1: oh, rock number
0: two. A man can't ride your back unless it's bent."
2: which um, kind of fits in well with the story he it, just shared. It really does. You know, this um
0: I first came across this quote gosh probably 6 or 7 years ago um, when when Big Kettle Drum was was writing our debut album. We decided we were going to do a song that sort of was what what can we do to to help keep Martin Luther King Jr's Uh, dream alive what does that look like and so we had this idea that we'd start to write a song where half of each verse was a thought from him and the sort of end part of each verse would be our response And, and this came out and it manifested itself in the song as the man can't ride your back unless he finds you bent. So I lift my head and howl for the freedom I need sent. I ain't no pawn. I ain't no King. I'm just a man who had a dream. And, and the idea of this, um, I think is so important to tie in with Simon's thought of love and respect, have no color, because the way that we help each other stand tall is to show love and respect uh, first. And I think when we do that, um, it's very hard for somebody to find you bent. Mm-hmm. what um, how does how does uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s words reverberate with you, Simon?
1: Wow. So when I hear that, it uh, it moves me deeply because I am now challenged with what am I doing to help someone else? who can do nothing for me Mm -hmm. and i'm not looking for the hookup on the back end right yes and and really coming from a place of serving instead of taking and so it it challenges me to think about what are my daily actions and behaviors that serve the good of humanity and others
2: Mm. yeah i love that and You know, when when I was looking at this thought, when you had picked this one out, and uh, I I think you've shared that story before about, what was the name of the song that you guys played? Uh, Just a Man. Just a Man. And maybe I didn't hear enough of the words that it didn't resonate with me. I mean, it's so apropos, and it fits perfectly with what Simon's talking about as well, because you know anybody can take advantage of you if you let them, right? And I guess part of when I'm listening to those words, both in your song and his quote, is if you take the power away from people and you choose love and respect and and you're peaceful in the way that you are, you know, because I think of uh, another quote that Martin Luther King Jr. had, which is at the center of nonviolence stands the principle of love. Like if we come from that authentic place, then again, not that it solves all the issues. People are not going to necessarily have their perception changed or their opinion changed, but you certainly are in a much better place. And if you allow people to sort of step all over you, and I think that's what the quote is saying is stand up tall, be secure in your values, be secure in your, your stance, but be open-minded also with love that you can perhaps see things differently or have your opinion changed. And I, I don't know if that's how this resonates with you. It does for me only because I think your song brings that quote more to life, honestly, than, than even MLK Jr. saying it.
0: Yeah. For me, I look at, and and the first question I
2: have is, is why,
0: why would your back be bent? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I think is, is my first question when I, when I initially read that. And similar to what Simon just said is, you know, are you helping the people who can't do it for themselves right now? And are Mm -hmm. you doing it for the right reasons? And I think that that is ultimately the main moral compass of, of everybody Mm -hmm. right now. And what are we doing? Are we doing it because uh, everybody's doing it? Are we doing it because they see 10,000 posts a day on social media that says that if you're silent right now that you might as well, you know, be, be for something that you're not, um, or against something that you're not, Mm uh, it's, I think it's, uh, I think we have to come back to, to the things that matter most to us. And when we define those things, if love and respect are, are two of the things that are personal values of yours, then it doesn't matter You know who you're helping. If those are the things you value, you're valuing it because you want to honor those things that are part of your purpose. And uh, when we do that, I always find that we stay more committed to those things. We we stay um, uh, in in a way more passionate about those things because they are the things that resonate deepest within us. And when we use those as our fuel to make change, we have a much better chance of seeing change come to fruition as opposed to jumping on the bandwagon of this out of the other thing that might not maybe the right, maybe that you want to do something for, for change that needs to happen, but you can't find yourself staying as emotionally involved because you haven't tapped into that thing that matters to you. And I, I know that when I look at love and respect, those are two things that definitely, um, are pillars of, Mm -hmm. of people who just want to see good in the world. And so I love that. And I, I think that, um, you know, when Martin Luther King, the, uh, the rest of that song talks about, um, the, the man who will not die for the things that he believes, well, he ain't fit to live among the killers and the thieves, um, is the other, another quote from him that, that the song finished out with. And I think that's just what it is, is if you're not, if you are not committed to these things that matter most to you, then, then what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's incredibly important right now, as we start to sort of see uh, what's transpiring. How, how do you encourage people to find those things that matter most to them? Simon, when you're doing your trainings, when you are helping people, uh, become better leaders, how do you get them to get to those non-negotiables for themselves?
1: Wow. <laughs> I think uh, to your, your point, they've got to have emotional uh, equity and a uh, stake in it, right? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> if there's no emotional, you know, equity in or stake in it, it's just kind of like another thing to do, check the box, yeah. right? Um, I think it's also got to tie to their purpose, is it, is it purposeful or is it just a, a position to hold for a fleeting moment? Mm-hmm. And when it's purposeful, purposeful it's real. You're going to say, okay, what do I need to do every day? No one has to call you. Uh, no one has to tap you on the shoulder. It's it's in your gut. You're like, I got to do this.
2: Yeah. I think maybe, um, and, and this is good because I think the more solutions that we could throw out on the table to help other people who – maybe they're not as strong in their convictions, maybe they don't have the right values. And again, it could be education, parenting, background, whatever, whatever. But, you know, I think the more people that can get to a point to say, I can be an advocate for myself, you know, as a human, I can stand up for myself, I'm not going to have the bent back. But again, still be open minded to be able to hear other people to get to these, you know, your other two steps of, of healing and helping. I remember when, when I was a landscaper, my uh, my boss came to me one time, and I was probably the fastest employee that he ever had. And yet there was a time I remember clearly we were working on a subdivision, and he said, uh, I need you to go faster. And I said, here I am working on all of these areas, and I'm like, I, I want to make sure that it looks perfect for the customer. And he said, we're back here in a week. They're never going to notice that. He goes, I need you to go faster. And I said, I, wow. I, I can't do it. I mean, I pushed back. I just said – that's not in my nature. I'm going to stay true to my values. I probably picked up the pace a little bit, but I was not going to walk out of there with a strip of grass that hadn't been mowed or some hedges that had only been halfway done. And same thing. I, at one time, I hated a job that I did for two weeks. I sold prepaid credit cards. I, I couldn't stand it. And the whole system is rigged really to prey on the weak. People that didn't have you know, great financial backgrounds and whether they were going to keep the credit card, but interest rates would be up sky high. And I just remember in my boss, who was constantly screaming at everybody in the office to go faster and sell more, I just said, I'm going to go at my own pace. In lieu of this person, I'm not going to listen to him. I'm going to do the best that I can. But also, I got to a point that I was trying to talk people out of buying the prepaid credit cards. Because again... It just wasn't in my values, and I didn't last long there. I mean, I left there after what about two weeks? Yes, a surprise, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> surprise, surprise. But but I guess my point again, if I'm if I'm trying to connect the two thoughts and say, a man can't ride your back unless it's bent. If you don't allow it to be bent, if you can take ownership of your own life and don't allow other people to affect you, yet put in Simon your your thought of of love and respect and make that the centerpiece what difference does it make how you are or what you are, what your background is? I think, you know, again, we can get to a much better place if you have that open mindedness.
1: Totally. Totally. That's it.
2: I, you know, the
0: last sort of thing that I'm thinking through here is when I look and say, a man can't ride your back unless it's bent. I think the question that I'm asking myself right now is what is my part in making someone's back bent am I participating unconsciously even in in that process? and I, I think those are the difficult questions that bring us back to the here heal and help um, that as, as you said earlier, Simon, you know m- men are we're fix it people right we want to fix we see something wrong we want to fix it. Um, but if we just jump into fix it, without any real thought and, and a chance to process and, and mourn and heal and all those things that sort of come from behavior that we are now recognizing, um, as something that we didn't even, we didn't even notice before. We never stopped or paused long enough to, to get the context behind what we were doing. You know, I, I, I equate it uh, a lot to when I was, Working with Not For Sale, the Not For Sale campaign, which is one of the largest anti-human trafficking organizations in the world, um, we came to this realization that most of the chocolate manufactured in the United States uh, was picked by slaves still to this day. And the largest conversations of the of the, your favorite candy bars um, were still allowing this to happen. And it wasn't until I saw this documentary called Death by Chocolate that was just an incredible eye open experience of what the chocolate industry was doing to be able to sell cheap chocolate bars. Um, and the difference between A livable wage of of actually honoring and blessing somebody on the other side for for doing all of the hard work was the difference of seven or eight cents per candy bar um, was appalling and and this unconscious participation in what was happening because nobody wants to talk or, or shine the light on why I can't have my favorite candy bar. Um, but in reality, I realized that, that I was part of the problem and I had to start making some conscious decisions and, and act with deliberate intention and support the brands that were doing things ethically and sourcing ethically and, and had a process in place and some sort of governing body that would say that they are doing the things that need to be done. I feel like we are at that sort of a crossroads right now where we're asking ourselves the question of. Am I even unknowingly participating in this? And what do you feel, Simon, is the best way forward when we find ourselves asking those questions right now?
1: I think we have to, uh, first of all, stop and acknowledge it. Find a buddy, a friend, someone that you can uh, share. Hey, here's here's what I'm thinking, seeing, sensing. Uh, please give me some feedback. Because we we can't know ourselves by ourselves, so we learn in context of relationship. That would be the first thing. The second thing is I would read, I would listen, I would literally throw myself into, what is the pain in the country and the world right now? Why are people protesting all over the world about something that happened in America? Mm -hmm. What is it? Make sure that I am educated and I understand all the sides of the issue, right? And then the third thing, what am I going to do to influence my people group, my community and start to say, "Hey, are you aware and it's just constantly holding yourself accountable to do the work and and to grow from this, not to shrink back and go back to business as usual."
2: Those are mm-hmm. those are great. You know, and I know as a as a prolific writer that you are, as a great speaker you know, I, I would assume that these are probably things that are that are rattling rattling around in your head. How do you ultimately get that out to the masses? Are you, do you see yourself starting to include more of this in your talks, or are you writing an eleventh book? You know, during during the crisis here, um, because I think you've got such a unique yeah. voice that you would absolutely have a lot of people resonate with you and and the stance that you have
1: yeah well, we're doing three things right now. I do a daily video uh, that we post on LinkedIn every day. Uh, today's video is all about um, black professionals don't want to hand out. They want to hand up. yeah yeah because so many people think, oh, you know you got you gotta, you gotta meet the quota. really like, no, it's not about that. If right. I'm good, I'm qualified hand up the second thing that we're doing i am working on a new book you are and then the yeah yeah and then the third thing i'm doing uh i've got a ton of clients reaching out to me to facilitate the difficult conversations in town halls and obviously we're doing it virtually and the questions are pretty profound and they're they're provocative I, i mean just people are people are hurting and so to be able to facilitate those conversations and move towards a way forward, because mm-hmm. I'm all about how do we not stay here? How do we grow from here?
2: So we can e- easily put some of the links to those daily YouTube uh, videos. Uh, where where yes. do people see these uh, the town halls? That That sounds fantastic.
1: So a lot of companies uh, are doing them. So so some of them are private, but if there are some uh, some that are public, and and I'll I'll get the link and, and make that available to you because I think it'll just be eye opening to hear different perspectives. And what I've told many of my clients, I said you can't have all black people on a panel, yeah. you know, because it's gonna it's gonna feel like you're ganging up on white people, and that's not right. I said you have to have a mixed panel, and white people get to share their perspective because that's how we learn. And and I'm not trying to play up or, or kiss up. I'm saying we've got to both learn, and, and people have got to hear why are black people so angry in this country? Like really, like what's really driving that, you know?
2: Well, whatever links you want to send to us, we will make sure uh, that that obviously is in the show notes. Maybe now while people are listening, where would you want them to go and just check out the things that you're talking about? What's the easiest way people can stay in touch with you?
1: Yeah, probably the easiest way is just go to simontbailey.com, T like terrific, bailey.com uh, to my website. And, and obviously throughout social media, Simon T. Bailey. Awesome.
2: That sounds great, man. Listen, thank you so much for spending some time with us. I mean, this is certainly some, uh, some crazy times, but critical and important times. And uh, you know, I think that, that you have such a great, unique voice, like we said. And I think uh, hopefully just from being on Thoughts at Rock, we can put a spotlight on some of the things that you're doing, but we can't thank you enough for just spending a, a little bit of time with us and share some wisdom. It means a lot to us.
1: Thank you for having me and appreciate all that you do.
2: Thanks, man. We'll talk to you soon. You bet. Rock on. Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what
0: you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode.
2: Yeah, and if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, we both used to be exclusively represented by Kepler Speakers. But now it's just me. Brant is on his own. So to hire Brant, good luck getting a hold of him. For me or both of us, contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock on. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, your gateway to a new dimension of wellness. Featuring discussions with world-renowned experts, pioneers, champions, and professionals. Experience high-end production, sophistication, and easily applicable tips and tricks for everyday life. Your journey to wellness, it starts here and it starts now. Tune in to the Wellness Driven Life Show and become a part of the evolution of Driven Living.